We made it to episode two. We actually have two episodes of the Misha All Access podcast. We didn't even have a name for episode one. We're just calling it the Misha podcast. So now this is episode two of the Misha All Access podcast. And today we are talking with Devney Davis, Assistant Executive Director for the Missouri State High School Activities Association. We are here to talk with Devney because she is retiring at the end of this school year. And we want to celebrate our retiring assistant executives as well as highlight what they do, how they got here, so that our member schools and, and those in our state understand a little bit about the job and a little bit about how these folks have served our schools. So, Devney, welcome to thank, thank you. this second episode. I keep focusing on that because it's kind of a big deal to be the second one. So we're going to talk a little bit about your life and career. So let's start with telling us how you got to your last year <laughs> as an assistant executive director at MISHA. So what was your path? Well, I graduated from a small school in Northwest Missouri High School, North Nottoway, and got married out of high school, started into college, and then withdrew and started a family. Decided, didn't want to work in the real world, wanted to go back and pursue and finish my education degree. So in 89, after Megan was born, she was just a year old, I went back to Northwest and finished my bachelor's degree in music ed while working at the university at night. So I worked full time at night and went to school in the daytime. With a child? With three. With three children. Yes. Okay. And then? And then my first teaching job was at Stanbury. Stanbury, Missouri, in 94, 94-95 school year, I stayed there, and then the music job opened up at North Nottoway, and where our kids went to school, and so I applied for that position and got it, and was there for two years, and then an opening came up in Iowa for just band. Before that, I was teaching band and some elementary or vocal and instrumental, and that's kind of a tough gig when you're the only person. So I had an opportunity to go to Bedford, and I was there the last seven years. Okay. And then? And then I went back while I was going into teaching. I went to, got my master's in education, and then I worked on my specialist in secondary administration, secondary leadership. And I was getting ready to start on my doctorate when the opening was posted for Misha and Al Sergal called me about that because I'd been trying to find a principal's job. I wanted to get into administration and he told me about this job and it was like, wow, I can still stay in music and put my administrative, what I've learned into practice. So I applied, really didn't even think I had a shot at it. I was just looking at it as, well, I get to practice another interview. And I got called the day after school was out at Bedford and was told I had the job. So that's kind of how I got here. So you were living in Northwest Missouri, mm -hmm. teaching in Iowa, mm -hmm. looking for a school admin job, a principal job, mm -hmm. and you responded to the Michette opening and you got the job, which required you to move away from the only home you've known, the only area you've known yeah. your whole life to Columbia. And so talk a little bit about that with your family and how that all worked. Well, the boys had graduated, Ben and Brian. They had, Brian had just graduated high school when I applied for this job. Megan was going to be a sophomore in high school. And she was, at the time, thinking she wanted to go to pharmaceutical school, and she wanted to come to school at University of Missouri. 
And I was like, well, you know, that'll be all right. We'll get her down here and get her started. Well, the basketball coach <laughs> told her at the end of her freshman year that she'd probably be a starter next year. And so when I got the job, all of a sudden, she really didn't didn't want to make the move. <laughs> and I understand that. So we lived apart for three years. I was kind of the go home when I could and watched her do her sports and her activities. But we lived apart until she graduated high school. And then we all got moved back together while she went to college down here. Okay. So, Okay. So did you have an event or someone in your life or something in your life that directed you toward music education and work in schools? I guess you know, people always ask, when did you know what you wanted to do? My kids have all asked me that. I said, fifth grade. And they just looked at me and it never changed. And I said, that's when I started band. And it just clicked and that's what I wanted to be. And so Mr. Sipes was my fifth grade band teacher and he was there for a year. And, and I will have to say that for the eight years I was in band or in music, I had a different band director every year but one. So I kind of look back now and think, how did I even get there with, <laughs> right. with a different teacher every year? But he was probably the one that opened the door to that world for me. I mean, I was already involved with music. I was taking piano lessons, and my mom is a wonderful singer. And she sang a lot at weddings and funerals. So the music was in the house. She played piano. So I, I credit a lot of having music around me to my parents probably Mr. Sipes. And then the other person who really influenced me was my junior year, Mrs. Milligan, Susan Milligan, the band director. Her husband was the director of bands at Northwest at the time. And unfortunately, they were only there for a year because he got a great opportunity to go to University of Cincinnati, the conservatory, kind of his dream job. So they left. And that was really, I hated that. Right. <laughs> when she left, that one really hurt. But in high school, I would say it was her that kind of kept that fire going. I kind of was like, you know, I don't know if this is really what I want to do anymore, just because of that inconsistency with things. Mm -hmm. But she kind of provided some opportunities for me to be around the university, see the college world, how the bands and things worked and things like that. So she kind of relit that fire for me. Okay. So I want to fast forward a little bit to your service with Misha. Mm -hmm. So you, you came in a little under 19 years ago. Mm -hmm. and you were an assistant executive director, what were your first duties when you came into Misha? They haven't really changed much in the 19 years other than the sports I've, that I've worked with. Of course, I had music, and I had performing groups for basketball and wrestling, cheer and dance. I do sanctioning. I worked with the foreign student eligibility, and I had the sport of tennis for one year. And then the second year, Kevin Garner came into the office, and so we kind of spread things out a little more because I was an additional staff person. And at the time, he took tennis, and so then I had swimming and diving for two years. And then after that, I got volleyball. And, and so you've, you've been with volleyball for quite a, t a while. 16. 16 this years. is 16 years with volleyball. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. so the relationships that you have made outside of the office in assisting our member schools in the areas in which you lead. So music, volleyball, the eligibility stuff, the sanctioning, those kinds of things, they take a lot of time, but there may, may be less of a relationship piece on those things. They're more task-oriented. But talk about assisting and supporting our member schools. 
I have a relationship with the Missouri Music Educators Association, the statewide music educators group. I'm an advisory member on their board, and they sit on the music advisory committee as well. And so at their conference each year, I go down and have a session. It's an update session on things that are changing, things that are on the horizon that may be coming into play. And then we have adjudicator training sessions there for our judges. I work with them in that role. And then I work with the Missouri band directors and Missouri choral directors. They are in charge of the prescribed music list and the American String Teachers Association, our state organizations there. They maintain our prescribed music list for solo and small ensembles. So they review all the literature that comes in each year on a three-year cycle, but they review that. And so I have to work with them to get the music to them to look at and we work through the review process. Cheer and dance with dance. They both sit on our advisory committees. We don't really do a statewide championship for dance. They have their own, but I've been to it, been to the state cheer competitions before, but I'm really not as involved with those two areas as far as putting on those postseason events that they do. I've gone out and spoken with the colleges and universities for the kids that are getting ready to go out and start student teaching in music and explain Misha what it is, the festivals, what they need to look for to try and help them not fall into those common pitfalls that first-year teachers fall into, like forgot to submit my entries, trying to help them avoid fines, you know, late fees and things like that, and answer just answer their questions. For the most part, most of the kids are from Missouri and have been through the festivals, but they're going to get to see it on the other side now as a teacher. So it's just helping them make that transition to that. And so I really enjoy doing that. I think it puts a face with the name when they have to reach out to me. But I always enjoy that because they have lots of good questions. So I've always enjoyed meeting the future teachers. Mm -hmm. I was at the volleyball championships this year, and it's very apparent that the volleyball community knows you and loves (laughs) you, and especially the officials The case in many of our sports, and especially sports, maybe not especially, but all of our sports, they have a community. The officials are a community. And they've been around a while, and it's clear that they've invited you into their community. And I I don't mean that in the other way around, because we are service providers, and sometimes we're not inside the community, but they invite us in. It's neat to see that happen. And when you're with them for 16 years, it shows that you've developed a level of trust and that they appreciate what you're doing for the sport that they're passionate about. And officials are really passionate about their sports too. Mm -hmm. And we do it with the schools, but we also do it with our officials and our coaches. So, okay. So you talked about a couple of band teachers in your life made a difference for you. And you also talked about your passion for band and that you got into this because you just loved band and you, you identified those, those teachers And you finished your teaching career in Bedford, Iowa, correct? Mm -hmm. So I want to play something that we have for you. And this is the current band teacher in Bedford, Iowa. And (laughs) she wanted to send some some thoughts. So I'm going to play it for you. And then we'll talk a little bit at the end. I met Devaney in fifth grade when I was starting band. She was my band instructor from fifth grade through my junior year of school. And... I remember doing tryouts for fifth grade band. That's probably my first memory of her was trying instruments and trying to decide what I was going to play. Then I really can't think of a time through my school year that she wasn't a huge part of what I was doing or what I was thinking about. 
I was a percussionist and she is a percussionist. And I know in middle school, I started learning four mile at marimba and that was a huge turning point for me. I loved it. And she helped me so much just to get started with that, but then also to connect with some really great teachers and get me connected with Northwest where I went to school, where she had gone to school and to be in honor bands to audition for Allstate and to do all of those things musically. But also she was just a huge support system for me through high school. The band room was kind of where I lived and hung out in all of my spare time. And that was true for all of my classmates. I just remember we'd come to school and the first place we went was the band room. And we'd eat our breakfast in here and we'd finish our homework that we hadn't gotten done the night before. And she was always willing to be a listening ear, someone you could ask for advice from. She always had solid advice to give us. I mean, she's the reason that I'm a band director. That's been a huge thing for my life to choose to do that, to choose to be a musician and teach other students. And I love now I teach in Bedford, which is where I went to school, which is where she was my teacher. And so I love pulling music out and finding her handwriting on it or notes that she made about about the music. We were just playing a piece this morning, actually, and her handwriting is at the top at the end. And I was laughing to myself, thinking about doing this interview and how she's still in my life little bits all the time now. I mean, she's a huge influence about how I think about being a band director. Something that happened just this past fall that really made me think about her. We used to, when we play the fight song, we would choose different tempos to play the fight song as our cheerleaders always dance. And so the cheerleaders never knew how fast the fight song was going to be. Is it going to be really fast this time or really slow? Just for something fun, kind of a little game between the band and the cheerleaders. We did that at one of the games and everybody was just laughing and it just made me think so much of her. And just that those kind of just silly little things or funny stories and different things like that. So this is an audio interview, but you had lots of smiles and nods and some laughs while you're listening to that. And you never once talked about you wanted to be a band teacher to impact a person every single day for the next 20 years of her life. But that's what you just heard that you did. Yeah. That class was a special class. That was my first fifth grade class up there. And they were just, that was, you know how you get those classes that they're just loaded. They do everything and they do everything well. And they were a very competitive class. So they were fun all the way through. And they still are. I'm still in contact with a lot of those kids on Facebook and social media. And and I actually, I had breakfast with one of them that their daughter's in band in Omaha. They came down to Mizzou's marching band competition and we connected and had breakfast together. So yeah, after all these years that they still... We stay connected and they reach out. I would have never dreamt that connection would still be there. But, yeah. Peggy was, <laughs> Peggy's funny. When she started fifth grade and we got connected with band and I would meet with her and we'd practice and stuff, she wanted to be a lawyer. She wanted to be a big, I don't remember which area of law she wanted to go into, but it was pretty significant. And... Her parents were really supporting that and giving her those opportunities to kind of explore that. And then she came in and told me halfway into the school year, she had changed her mind and she wanted to be a band teacher. I'm like, are your parents going to come in here and <laughs> chew me out for making you change your career? Because that's a pretty substantial change from wanting to be a lawyer to being an educator as far as, you know, financial, because we're not in it for the money. But wanted her to make sure she understood where that was going to go. But that's where she stayed. And so... 
Yeah, I left a lot of stuff there for her. She probably is finding my name on stuff. So <laughs> seven years, so. So you, you left that mm-hmm. to come work for Misha. Do you think you left that or can you see a connection to the impact you were having, whether you knew it or not at that time, to what you do now? Oh, I think that I still have an impact with students in providing that experience for the festivals and making that as memorable for them as it can be. I know I have a lot of fond memories of state music when I came down. And not so much about the performance, but just the things you do when you're there. Because, you know, University of Missouri, that's a huge campus. And first time you ever get on there, you're just like, whoa. So just the memories you make there and seeing the different buildings and just a different school. So it's not always about the music, but the experience itself. I think, I hope, I have provided those excellent opportunities for those kids. And we continue to do that moving forward. It's always about moving forward and making it better, tweaking it. It's in a good place right now, but it can always be better. So it's just, you know, technology is going to be a huge play into how things go in the future. So it'll be interesting to see where the next level is going to go with the festivals and everything, even in our sports. What are we going to do to keep providing these opportunities for our youth? Well, you never want to take any credit for yourself. You say we're going to in a good place, and much of that is because of the work you have done for the last 19 years, especially for your passion area in music. And the attention you've given to what you said, providing an excellent experience in the festival and state music, which it is an excellent experience, and it's not just about music, but you can trace that back and you can go back to the preparation that those kids are partaking in even now. We're, we're recording this in mid-December of 2022, and kids are already preparing for that festival. Mm-hmm. And the process of that preparation is going to involve learning and adjusting and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and frustration and mm-hmm. interaction with their instructors mm-hmm. and interaction with their peers and travel and all of those things that we know are the magic sauce of high school activities. Mm -hmm. And band and choir, our music activities, our orchestra activities, they're co-curricular in most cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're going to go to class Mm -hmm. and then they're going to do a whole bunch of stuff before and after school, (laughs) partially in preparation for this three-day event Mm-hmm. In for them, a one-day event in Columbia, Missouri in late April, the State Music Festival or their district festivals or their preparation festivals. All of those things are memory makers, but the pieces of the preparation before that they, they're not really paying attention to in the moment, that's where the Peggy's of the world, she never talked about the festivals or the she didn't talk about it, any of that. She's talking about how she ate breakfast in the band room. Yeah, they <laughs> she's, did. <laughs> she's talking about being with her friends in the space where she felt safe and cared for because you were her instructor. So you didn't want to take any credit for that. And I don't. you don't ever think about that. But I want you to know that that's what matters. And putting on that excellent festival is why that happens. And it's hard for us. I think sometimes we get into the grind of we got to do it. We got to do it right. We got to do it well. We're dealing with the technicalities and all these pieces. And that's all important. But what it's doing is providing opportunities in thousands of band rooms and Mm -hmm. thousands of choir rooms and thousands of homes where where instruments are being practiced, Mm -hmm. where, you know, where kids are learning to be who they're going to be by 
these activities. And so it's incredible when you really think about the effort you're putting in for a three-day event. You know it's way bigger than a three-day event, but the effort you put in, and, and I'll, I'll tell everyone the effort you're putting in is tremendous, but that payoff in the small, little, everyday experiences of these kids is, is really important. And you're never going to take credit for that, but I want to make sure that you hear it. So would you do this again? If you were back to your decision-making time 19 years ago, would you have done it all over? Yeah. Yeah, I would have. This was not where I visioned my vision of where I would end up. I never once ever thought about a career here. My path was to get into administration with maybe the goal of getting at the university because I was teaching some satellite courses for them in the summer. So that was kind of where I thought I would end up. And when this opening came open, it was like, oh, I can still stay involved with music because I really wanted to make sure... I was at a point where I felt comfortable that I had done everything I thought I wanted to do in the classroom. And so, well, when Al told me about the opening, Al Sergal, I was like, oh, music festivals. And then I thought about when I went, and I was like, I think I can do that. And I still get to have my feet in the music world, and I'm not walking away from it. So I thought that was a, a win-win. And if I didn't, then you know I would have still been fine teaching, but I was ready for a new challenge. So, but yeah, I would do it again. I've met a lot of people I wouldn't have ever met had I stayed in the classroom. I feel like I know almost all of our music directors. I know almost all the volleyball coaches. I know almost, well, I won't say almost all of the officials, but I know a good majority of the volleyball officials and our music adjudicators, which is also a lot of our educators. I would have never been that blessed to have that many people in my life. And they're going to stay with me. I will miss everybody, but it's it's time. I've done everything I think I wanted to do here, and it's time for someone else to come in and take it to the next level. And what what's next for you? When when you walk out next summer, What what's going to be? I'm going to do absolutely nothing for a month. <laughs> no phones, no emails, no nothing. But I've got seven grandkids, and the oldest one, she turned 12 in November, and so she's just started band this year. She's playing the flute. So I, I see marching band competitions and things like that, but she also plays volleyball and softball. So I want to go be that grandma that gets to watch and not have to worry about student sections and, you know, just go back and relax and enjoy. But 12 all the way down to four months, five months. So that's what I plan on doing is following the grandkids. Well, good. Good. Okay, I've got one more segment here to play for you from Peggy. Stephanie, congratulations on your retirement. It just seems incredible to me that you're at this point, and I'm so thankful for all the things that you did for me and the other people that you impacted in your time at Bedford, and, and those I know you've influenced in your time working with Misha as well. Congratulations. For me, I spend every day in my office, which was her office, and I'm sitting there right now at the desk that was her desk. And so the impact that she's had in my life, even though it's kind of a silly thing, like this is obviously it's my desk and my office now, but sometimes it feels like it's still her office and still her desk. And I kind of love that to be able to come in here every day. And in some ways, right, she impacts my every single day by being in this space and by thinking about her as an educator and that the impact that she had on me 
and then me as an educator and the impact that I want to leave on my students. <laughs> Thanks, Peg. Okay, so do you have any comments now? I'm going to tell you, we have a dual, or I should say, I have a, a dual purpose for this. One is to celebrate you and the other assistant executives who are retiring this year. And the other is once you go and do nothing for a while and follow the grandkids and live your best life, as you said, we're going to have to keep going. So we're trying to kind of give an inside look a little bit to the people who've been doing this job. Would you have anything you would share for anyone considering whether or not to apply for a job with Misha? Well, it's a great place to work. It's a rewarding experience. You, there are days you don't think that, but when you see that final product, you just kind of go, it's all worth it. We're not going to make everybody happy, but that's that's the way of the world. If you want to continue in music, but not necessarily be in the classroom, but still be involved in it and have an impact on kids' lives, this would work. This would be a definite opportunity to continue down that path. Everybody's kind of got to decide that on their own, but I to me, for me, I still feel like I've been a music educator the last 19 years, whether I was actually conducting a group or teaching them how to, you know, the correct fingering for C on the flute, whatever it is, I still feel like I've been an educator more behind the scenes than actually in front of the kids. But if that's where you want to be, and I think this is, this is the job for you, consider it. It's not as scary as you think it is. The festivals aren't that scary. It's all about planning. And if you're good at that and you're organized, you'll be fine. Well, thank you. We've been talking to Devney Davis, soon to be retiring next <laughs> summer, Assistant Executive Director for the Missouri State High School Activities Association. And I'm going to put my plug in now. If you have some interest in working for MISHA, we encourage you to go to mshsaa.org and look at those job postings. If you have any, any questions about it, you are certainly welcome to contact us in the office or, or me, specifically Jennifer Ruckstad, the executive director. But we just ask that you consider or you consider people in your life, in your professional life, and in, in your other life that might be good fits. And specific to Devney's passion has been music, but she has also worked in the sports and other activities. That's also part of this job is in Devney's situation, she got to continue to work with music, but ultimately you're an educator helping other educators and, and giving kids great experiences. So thank you for talking with us today, Devney. Thank you. And we're gonna have another episode later on with more of our retirees, but Devney is our, she's our first up. So she's the, <laughs> she's the brave one. So thanks for listening to the Misha All Access podcast.